can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. That's why I have to come to the office to record. I can't do it at home because my kids... Normally, I do it on Wednesdays when they're with Dad, so then yep. I don't have any issues. And then my dogs decide they want to pet. Hey, go. Yeah. <laughs> go. Yeah. This is what happens when I have kids. One's taking the, the crazy one's taking a nap. So I was like, oh, I can come on. The other one's like, I'm watching YouTube and I lost the b- battery in my remote. Well, you're going to have to wait. You shouldn't have <laughs> lost the battery. Pretty much. So, um, oh, pick your brains on a problem pool I've got. I will try my best. Okay. A tenant in this property tells me it's they've not been able to get it right for three years. They've had some uh, some other pool guy out there doing whatever he did on it. Okay. This pool was the greenest of green. I got it. Uh, first thing I did brought the pH down uh, to about seven point three. Okay. I nuked it with liquid chlorine cleared it, that got rid of all the green. So now we're left with cloudy water. Okay. A uh, day or two later, two days later, I think it was, went out there, started a aloe treatment. So got the TA uh, at 110 pH. Uh, I had that at about 7.2, took it down a little further, okay. added the alum. The damn thing will not clear. I wonder if you need to bring your pH down a little bit more. I had a pool that I used alum in and was told to have the pH super high in order for the alum to work. It I was used a, to do that. I had it was a pool. We had our we had a huge storm, and this particular pool had a hill in the back of the pool, and they were going to put drainage in, but they didn't because like, hey, we never get rain. It's no big deal. Um, so I did that. It was full of mud. And then Rudy's like, no, you need to do the opposite of what everybody's telling you. Mm. So that's what I did. I lowered both the, the total alkaline and the pH. So I did my my um, alkaline about 60, 70, and then my pH was about where you had it. And it it dropped within two days after that. Okay. I knew it was I... kind of against the rules. Yeah, because I do... 100, 150 alum treatments on pools a year. I I do a lot. And that's the way I always set it up, and it always works. Now, my big question is, what's your total dissolved solids at? Saltwater pools, about 4,000. Okay. And what's your conditioner level at? Conditioner? Uh, Cyanuric acid. Oh, stabilizer. Um, That was pretty much zero. Zero. Okay. Calcium. 
uh, hardness was about 250. 250. Oh, wow. And you're still having trouble. Yeah. What I'm wondering if you have any experience with, there is a peppermint tree next to this. Now, not sure if that's something you have in other parts of the world. It's got these. Yeah. It's got these. It's not the herb. Nothing like the herb. I don't know why they name it that. But it's got, (laughs) it drops thousands of tiny leaves and they've got a high oil content. Have you ever heard of oil affecting alum's performance? Because I'm, me, I'm me wondering what that is. Me personally, no, but that doesn't mean it's not impossible. But I do wonder if the oils from the tree is what's making things di- more difficult to put in. Now, one thing I did do with that pool that I had where I was having problems getting it to drop is I ended up portabacking it. And has it dropped any at all? Or is it just like zero change? Like, did it just get cloudier? Because mine, you know, all of it didn't drop, but a good amount did. So I portabacked everything out of it, and then I let it sit for a little longer, and then the rest dropped. There was just so much crap in this water that it was kind of messing with things. Um, I would see if that would work. Do you guys portabac there? Back to what? Yeah, back to back back to to ways. Like I have my own pump that I bring. I don't even turn yeah. the pool system on, and I just right. you know, okay. Um, if I was to put a number on how much this the sediment had dropped, I'd say probably three percent of it's dropped. It is really? still really cloudy. I have been pulling my hair out over this. Uh, one thing I would, I'm actually at the point where I'm tempted to try enzymes. Now, enzymes just aren't common here. I found one supplier. Okay, enzymes are amazing when it comes to oils. So I've heard. When so. I had my route, um, when we were um, having the chlorine shortage and I couldn't get chlorine for like a month, that's when I started using enzymes and phosphate removers and stuff like that because chlorine was just so hard to find, so expensive. And it really helps process the oils that get into the water and get them filtered out. So I would try an enzyme. Yeah, there's one supplier in Perth, in my my city, which uh, does enzymes that I can find. Uh, They say it's suitable for ponds, pools, water catchment tanks, etc. I've tried everything else. I'm at the point now. I would try that, especially if it's one for that they do use on a pond and you're having a green pool, maybe that would be a little bit stronger than necessarily the type of enzymes we get for pools here in the U S mm. um, at, at one point uh, when I was having issues with that, Rudy had suggested this um, product. I'll see if I can find it, but you can buy it at um, the pond store and it was an enzyme like clarifier. Yep. So I would try, I would, now that you're pretty much at that, what the fuck do I do? Because I don't want to drain this pool. I would yeah. try that. But if that doesn't work, I think you're at the point where you have to drain it. I can't drain this pool. Why? It's close to the river. Fiberglass pool shell in an area with a lot of uh, high groundwater level. A lot oh, of no. swells and that around. So okay. draining, I could maybe do a foot or two at a time. Yeah. That's going to be a long, long job. Yeah, I would try the the, the stuff that, that you said was at the pond store or your supplier that uses it for a pond. So I'm not as knowledgeable in alum as Rudy is. 
I'm more knowledgeable in boric acid or borates. Um, oh, wow. That's another that's, thing we don't get much. Ooh, you've opened a can of worms there. That's that's my my uh, specialty. So again, when we had the shortage in chlorine here in the U.S., I don't know if you guys did either. Um, no. I was trying to figure out what I can do to cut back on my chlorine consumption, and boric uh, borates came up. There might have been one or two other people in my area doing it, and I had to have it special ordered. And I put. I put it in a pool that I was actually having issues with the calcium going up constantly and the alkalinity. Yep. It was a newly plaster pool. I did the startup. Everything was fine, but then all of a sudden just started climbing. Couldn't figure it out. We got the plaster company involved. They said for me to raise my calcium from where it was. I think it was at like 300 and they said, oh, make it go to 420. I'm like, I really don't want to do that because, you know, but. I did. Uh, still did, wouldn't stop. So I got the boric acid, put it in there, stopped it dead in its tracks. Didn't okay. climb from then on. Well, there's a, other benefits of boric acid. Boric acid is a algistat, which yep. means it helps with uh, jeopardizing the cell formation of algae. Doesn't, you know, if your pool has it, your pool has it, but it will help in the prevention of it. The reason it stopped the calcium from climbing is it's a chelator for calcium. So it, right. it helps regulate it. It also helps so that on the tile line, you're, you don't get the buildup as fast. It'll take longer. Um, also, it is a pH buffer. So it helps your pH from climbing up, which is great on new plaster pools. So, but well, key thing, you want to make sure when you put it in, that you have your pH, you really want all your chemicals where you want them. Because mm -hmm. let's say you need to decrease your pH. It's going to take more acid than normal. Yeah. That's also why you want to make sure you use the right boric acid. So you want to use like boric acid from Biodec or uh, Three Elephant. There, you don't want to use borax. Borax has a really high pH, so it's going to raise your pH, and then you're going to have to put cases of acid to bring it back down. I have a story I, about that. <laughs> I had two pools that were high use that I did not use a single tap all summer and would put maybe a gallon of chlorine in every two to three weeks in the middle of summer. And that water was crystal clear. Every single pool that had it, it was crystal clear, so much so that if you didn't know there was water in it, you'd be like, yeah. you know, it's that clear. You can see right to the cleaner. I have tons of pictures from it. Um, but it also made the water soft like salt. Mm. So if somebody didn't want salt pool, they could have that. Again, uh, boric acid is great for salt pools as well, so that you're yeah. not using as much acid. Yeah, I have a um, funny story. I was speaking with my main chemical supplier. And they said, oh, yeah, we've got uh, borates. So I'll, um, I'll give you a couple of bags for your own pool. Try it out. And not knowing anything, enough about it at the time, they um, they gave me sodium tetraborate. Uh, sorry. Yeah, sodium tetraborate. I said, okay, well, how do you apply it? And um, he said, oh, just mix it into a slurry and pour it in over one of the returns and that's it. So I ended up with my pH locked at 8.3. I could not bring it down. And you say cases of acid. I was using drums of the stuff. It just would not go down. 
there was this. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that now. <laughs> the wrong chemical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I ended up with this white rock on the top couple of steps uh, in front of the return. And I actually had to get a um, uh, basically a long metal stake and just start jabbing, trying to break it up. It didn't work. Uh, the pool was about to be demolished anyway. So that was. Okay. Thank yeah. God. I don't normally, you know, turn up with a bloody great star picket to a customer's place and start hacking into their pool. Uh, some customers I'd like to. Um, but uh, I tell you, that water clarity, wow, I've never seen clearer water. When the lights mm-hmm. were on at night, there was not a single floating particle. And like you say, if you, I didn't know there was water in it. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, at one point I thought, hang on, is there water? Have I just said so somebody drained the pool? Has it leaked? It was unbelievably clear. And Have that was with a... Seen- Borates in a pool wall? No, it's not common over here that I've seen. Um, it's- so it wasn't common here either until the chlorine crisis. Believe me, that's that's when it got popular. Before that, no one really had it. Um, it's but like Peter said, like it makes it just crystal clear that even when you're, you're trying to take a picture so you can show customers when you're selling it to them, you're like, this is just not showing what like 100 percent what it is. Yep. Uh, yeah, if the water of the the surface of the water is dead still, it's yeah, it, yeah, it, it's perfect clarity, as clear as air. Um, but um, yeah, that damn pH at eight point three <laughs> couldn't do a damn thing about it. Yeah, whenever you add it in the future, uh, make sure that you have all of your levels where you want them to be. Yeah, that way you're not having to fight any type of um block now did you also know borates are a sunscreen for chlorine yes i did does it mean don't put cyanuric acid in it just means the two together works as a really good sunscreen and i think that's one of the reasons why the chlorine was lasting longer in the pools because it couldn't burn off as fast um it's funny when i i had a pool i replaced all the equipment on and the pool service told me that my equipment wasn't working. I'm like, well, it's on. I see water flow in the pool. He's mm-hmm. like, well, I have algae in the spa and I can't get rid of it. I'm like, okay, well, what kind? You know, asking the basic questions. He didn't, he's like, well, I think it's green because it's it looks green. I'm like, well, does it brush away? Does it not? He's like, well, it brushes away, but I keep adding chlorine and it won't, um, it won't go away. And I'm like, did you know we drained your pool and spa to put the lights in because it's really hard to get them out? Well, yeah. I'm like, did you ever put, we call it conditioner, mm-hmm. uh, conditioner in? Well, no. And so I was like, well, that's your problem, buddy. Like, your chlor- the gal of chlorine you're putting into this thing is burning off in four hours. Yeah. Has no chance to even do anything. And, and second, you're not even treating the allergy correctly. I was like, balance your water first, and then we'll see. And keep the damn pH below 7.5. Yeah. Just like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, oh, but he was one of those ones. I've been doing this for 15 years. I He took out a, a test strip, put it in the, in the water, but didn't put his hand in the water. 
and was and I'm like, sir, you need to put your hand to your elbow yeah. to get it accurate. Well, I've been doing this for 15 years and I never see a difference between the two. And I'm thinking, well, you're using Clorox strips, so maybe that's why. Yeah, so. strips are. Uh, I, I hate strips, test strips. With I'm a passion. Fine with test strips, but they're not something that you use when you're having issues with the pool. It's not something you use every week. It's something that, okay, today I'm on the tight schedule. I'll I'll use test strips today, but you still need to use the drop test in order to really be accurate with everything. Yeah. I've taken over a lot of pools lately from a certain uh two certain companies and their chlorine level in of, I'm talking half a dozen cases, was well over 10 parts per million. Uh, Because these pool guys think, oh, have high chlorine in the pool, always be clear. It's like, you can't do that, bud. Could be that. But also, they were using strips every time. And the problem with the strips, after about uh, 10 parts per million of chlorine, it can burn off Mm -hmm. the reagent. And that's what the problem was with it. And uh, every time... (laughs) And uh, customer, I was saying to Shane earlier before uh, before you joined us, um, I use a spin disc, a spin test photometer uh, for my standard testing, and I pulled this out to one customer's place, and she said, "Oh, what's that?" And I said, "Oh, it's my tester. Did the last guy use strips?" And she said, "Oh no, he told me he's been doing this so long he can just look at the water and see what it needs." Now this was a serious. <laughs> she referred nice. me to three of her friends in the neighbourhood. Every one of them. Had this, I took the same uh, the pulls off the same pool guy. Every one of them said that he said the same thing, pretty much word for word. I expect that from homeowners. Okay, I don't expect that from pool guys. You're not at two hundred and fifty dollars a service for an average no, sized pool. I had a I had a cuss. It was a warranty call. Their heater was leaking, and so I go there and I uh, first thing I ever do on those warranties is test it. I'm sorry, Peter. I did use a test strip, but that's okay. It's I'll a forgive you. <laughs> but everything was yellow. The homeowner told me the previous uh, owner told him just throw a bag of shotgun and uh, a tab a week, and that's all you have to do. So that's what he was doing. His heater was gone after a month. Oh yeah, you you could see it just all oxidized off and I'm like, sir, that's not how you take care of a pool. So like I said, I expect this from homeowners and not expecting it from a pool guy. I didn't know he uh, had like pH reading technology in his eyes. Oh, look, if you can see it that accurately, he should look for a job in the biomedical field because they pay top dollar for that sort of skill. Um, the reason this that particular customer called me though, monthly service, between one and two weeks after service, the pool would go green every month. She was being threatened with being evicted from the rental house. Can you, they you guys do once a month? Once a month normally. Okay. Wow. I'd prefer at least fortnightly because most of the pools here are salt. So we get to the get to the pool after a month and the pH is always or often, you know, eight to eight point two, sometimes higher. Uh, why is it so why are your your so here we do weekly, no matter what. Um why are you guys able to do four weeks? Because, so I don't have a route, but I do startups. Yep. And so one of my concerns would would be the pH constantly going up, especially on a pool with salt um, mm-hmm. on a newer pool, especially since, you know, it takes up to a year for it to fully cure. 
Yeah. So uh, do you service those ones more often? I'm just curious because, you know, different place, different rules. Yeah. Um, I think it's just tradition. We have a strong tradition here because people say, oh, all you need is acid and salt. That's almost a, a saying. <laughs> all you need is acid and salt. And see, the water's beautiful. Of course it's beautiful. It's that bloody corrosive. There's nothing, you know, it's just dissolving everything. Um, and uh, some of the, I mean, we've, we've got pools out there, concrete pools. The render is gone. You're looking at bare concrete. And they say, oh, it just looks so good. It's like there's nothing good about it. Um, so I think it's part of that tradition, the, the keep it simple thing. We also have a lot of problems here with some of the pool builders, uh, particularly the uh, big-scale fiberglass builders will often try to sell an ORP and pH control system to customers, and the sales rep will say, oh, we set it up, you leave it, you don't have to do a thing, this looks after the chemistry. Yeah. I want to punch that builder in the face. Oh, there's a few of them. Uh, like of you, we have a pool builder who says that you just have to put an uh, ozone system on their pool and it's a chlorine-free pool. Yeah. yeah. That one as well. But there's some of the companies here uh, on fiberglass will offer a lifetime guarantee against fading. Now, under law, the term lifetime is very, very ambiguous. But you have to set, uh, keep records of testing by a professional every, I uh, can't remember if it's once a month or whatever. And if anything is ever out, then um, then they say, no, warranty's void, you didn't maintain it properly. But they will often differentiate between fading and chemical attack from corrosive water. They say, that's not fading, that's etching. But people buy it based on the warranty. It's a huge problem. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I used to be, uh, my family used to run a fiberglass pool manufacturing company, and people mm -hmm. would come in and say, oh, we want the system that just looks after all the chemistry. I'd say, look, there's just no such thing. It, it, it is called a pool guy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I said, that's not how they work. Would you like me to explain it? Oh, well, the other four have all told me they can do it. Why can't you? And, of course, then you get called out six months later saying, oh, why are the kids getting skin irritation? Why are our eyes burning? Yeah. Uh, um, it, yeah, water that corrosive. Um, personally, I'm not a huge fan of ORP systems anyway because cleaning the probes is something they don't talk about. Replacing the memories. Yeah. My, uh, okay, this is my ideal pool in a residential. Yep. Is they have, you know, very speed pump. We like to oversize our filters. Mm -hmm. So something that's probably at least a 420 or higher. But I want a salt system. I want an AOP system. In regards to your filters, you're mainly cartridge? Yes. Yeah, mainly cartridge. Um, commercials mainly uh, sand. And we have some diatomaceous earth. Yep. Um, and then, so then I'd have a salt system. I'd have a ORP system of some sort, an acid tank with a pump. And that would be my ideal system. Do you get because, many, sorry, go on. Do you get many um, ORP salt systems over there? You can. It's very easy to buy Hayward. They have their yep. Sense and Dispense, which you can, and the Omni, you can link them together so that it will generate, based off of those readings, it will produce salts, the 
the chlorine out of the salt for you based off of that. Okay, so it's two separate items that are connected through the controller. Ah, because here we get some of them where the salt chlorinator connects directly to the probes, and that's mm-hmm. how it controls the salt output. Okay. So that yeah, no, it's, it's just connected in the automation system. Um, now, if you are commercial, they have their own controls. Salt system mm-hmm. would have theirs, and the, the chem feeder would have theirs, but they there's ways to link them together. Yep. So... That's mine, especially on a new build. I prefer those mainly because you have that acid feeding tank putting acid in periodically every day instead of you just doing, you know, once a week pouring a crap load of acid in hoping that it will not be too high the next time. In reality, it will be because it probably needed more than it was getting. But those systems I will never advertise. Like, let's say you had my, my setup. I'm not going to advertise as you don't need anybody to to monitor no, it. Like silly, you, I tell I tell them you need to monitor it every week because things could be off. You know, like you said, probes can go bad or they're dirty and they need to be cleaned and calibrating. Yeah, yeah, but they never mention any of that when they sell it. Of course not. They're, uh, they want the sale. They, they want, want the sale of the commission. It's like like I said, but. That I saw on TikTok this builder that was saying that their pool was chlorine free. I was like, okay, I want to see this. Like looking at their setup, went on their website, and they were saying that pretty much ozone, it, if you use it, can eliminate chlorine. And I'm like, that's not true. There are residual. Things, there, there are things that ozone kills, and there are things ozone can't. That's why I like AOP systems because you have ozone and you have UV. So. You have the things UV will kill. You have the things that ozone will kill. You most of the time, what UV can't kill, ozone will, and vice versa. But yes, you still need to have some chlorine when you use those AOP systems on the ones that I had on my route. I would have maybe I probably didn't even need that much, but a one part per million of chlorine in that pool, yeah. and it would be clear and perfect and safe. But yeah, to say that you have a chlorine free pool just with ozone. Stop lying to customers. That's my biggest pet peeve. Set the expectations. Because if you don't, they're going to come back after you. And or like you're experiencing where you go into the backyard and then the pool owner's thinking you're crazy because the builder told them that this is what works. Yeah. Um, we also see it with some of the ionizer systems, copper silver okay. ionizer, because yeah. they've got an electrolytic cell, a salt cell attached. And normally they'll run between 0.1 and 0.5 parts per million of chlorine. Mm-hmm. But they still market it as chlorine-free. Free. Um, well, and they're, they're just not. are chlorine-free according to some of these quacks. <laughs> yep. I've heard that before. Too many times. My favorite salt story is I had a customer. He's like, my salt cell's not working. And I'm like, okay, I'll come by. I'll, I'll take a look. He wasn't like a regular uh, service customer. He's a regular like company clean my filter, fix my equipment kind of guy. And uh, I'd get there and, I, and the salt cells clean, no buildup or anything, but it says that there's high salt. So I go test the pool. Fuck yeah, it was high salt. It had like 42, 4,300 parts per million. And here our salt systems can run about 32 to 3,400. This guy was adding a bag of salt a month to his pool because his neighbor said that's what you need to do. I'm like, I'm sorry, but your neighbor lied and he has a leak. I'm like, and now to solve your problem, we have to drain your pool. Yeah. 
Yeah. Here, a lot of the systems will run between three and 4,000 parts per million. Okay. Uh, the biggest brand, Astral, they run uh, uh, their guides, user manuals normally say about 4,000. Um, my one for my pool runs on 1,000 part per million, so it's a low salt model. There's okay. one of them out there, 900. But there's a couple Hayward of. Hayward makes one that goes from 800 parts per million all the way to 8,000 parts per million. A lot of the low ones here, like the 900 one, that will cut off at, I think it's about 1,800, 2,000, basically okay. so it doesn't overheat. Yeah. And a problem we have with that is people take their water sample up to the pool shop. Yes, it's a salt <laughs> pool. Um, and, of course, they say, oh, you need to add, you know, six bags of salt. I go out there because they call and say, hang on, something's something's not right. It's not producing chlorine. Well, yeah, it's actually shut down to protect itself. And uh, Wait, the, the solution is putting salt in a pool when you're not producing chlorine. That that's what the pool pool supply store said. Yeah, because they said, "Oh, is it a salt system?" He says, "Oh, you need more salt," because they didn't know what make and model of chlorinator it was. Yeah, but they should have tested the salt. Oh, they t- oh they thought it was yeah. one of those higher ones. Oh, okay, yeah, it was a low salt model, but they didn't tell them it was that. But we we have customers, my customers call all the time. Uh, who say, oh, yeah, my pool's gone green, so I've thrown a couple of bags of salt in it. It's like, great, you've just wasted 20 bucks on salt. <laughs> um, all the time, the DIY remedies. Kind of makes me feel, relate to what doctors and pharmacists must feel like when people come well, in. That's what, we, that's what we are. We are pool doctors. And mm. so I hate when people go online and they're like, why well, Google did it. I'm like, do you Google your symptoms? What does the doctor tell you? Don't go on Google. Yeah. Um, speaking of pharmacists, one customer, they call me out there about once a year when things go wrong. This man is a pharmacist, right? He sells medicines to people. He said, oh, well, for winter, I figured out a way I could just leave the cover on all winter. But yeah, this, this guy's a pharmacist. And he said, I'll just dump a heap of uh, chlorine in at the start of the sea, at the start of the winter, and then that'll take care of it. And I just gave him a look as if to say, that's the dumbest thing I've heard. He said, don't you think that's a good idea? I said, okay, so I come into your chemist shop for some medication. How about I just take it all at once and not dose it out regularly? And he said, yeah, that is a bad idea, isn't it? I said, yes. Dean, what are some of the stories you have from crazy customers? Well, well, I haven't been in the industry as long as you guys, so unfortunately, I don't really have. You, I hey, Rudy, Rudy, how are you? Yeah, how's it going? I am Good. there. Well, it's okay, gone, so Shane. Go on, I'm listening. Oh, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have as many crazy stories as what uh, these guys have. I wish I did, but no, no you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't. No, 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 no. Simple as Oh, I had it today. I had the what the fuck was this electrician thinking? He I saw that. I, I he pissed he pissed me off by his response. I I responded by the way. Um, so I went to warranty a booster pump, brand new build. I undo the wires and everything, but on the first pump, well, no, it doesn't matter if it's the first pump. They used white, green, and black. So for us, that means it's 120 volt, which is fine. You can run the booster pump 120 volts. So, and I was like, well, 
that's interesting. Usually they do 240, but maybe they there there was a reason. So I take the old one out, put the new one in. And on the, Hay- the Hay- Hayward booster pump, there's a um, port you have to change so it does the 110 volts. So I did that. Turn it on. Goes zing, 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 and shuts off. I'm like, what the fuck's happening? Did it again? That was French. <laughs> uh, and so I'm like, what's going on? Well, come to find out, inside the control box, they had used the um, white wire as a, uh, a live. And they taped it inside the box. But they didn't tape it over at the pump. And here, that that's a no-no. You're supposed to determine what voltage it is by looking at the wire colors. So, yes. I had a very nice conversation with him. He told me, well, it worked, didn't it? And I'm like, that first one worked. The second one had issues and I could have blown the pump up. Well, we always do 240 volts. I get that. But the next person may not know that and they're going to go by what they see according to NEC code. So it's a safety violation, and I'm technically supposed to be tearing it apart and disabling it until you come and fix your wires. Instead, I was nice, and I colored it with a a Sharpie. (laughs) Well, there you go. I I don't have such cool stories anymore. All I can tell you is yesterday I taught a class, and the exam is supposed to be proctored, and four people logged out before they finished their exam so i failed them all oh my god that's that's my story that's my story for the week they just left oh this peter had a guy fuck it left (laughs) peter had a guy oh god what was it i was like oh my god oh he went behind a pool service guy to bid a pool who said that he can tell what the water chemistry numbers are by looking at it yeah there's a certain guy there's a certain um uh, franchisee uh, pool pool guy, and I've taken four customers off him, and um, every one of them, they're all friends. Every one of them said he uh, uh, told me that he would say, "I don't need to test the water; I can look at it and see what it needs." And the first customer of this four that I took, I looked at the pool, which was absolutely green. Uh, monthly servicing, one to two weeks after each service, it would go green. She was about to be evicted from the house. Because of that. And I said, yeah, well, how's that working out for you? But we do hear that occasionally. People just, they, they think that you can... You can tell by looking at it. Sure. Tell by looking at it. Yeah, we are. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's a sure sign. You know as well as I do that you can make the water so toxic nothing can grow in it. Mm-hmm. So really, maybe clear, but basically eating away at your pool quickly. Yeah, we were talking about that. Where they, uh, there's a tradition here: all you need to add is acid and salt. Don't bring any of your fancy chemicals here, like buffer or calcium. All you need is acid and salt. Look how beautiful the water is. It's like look at the bare concrete because the render's all dissolved. See, thirty years ago here, it was all we need is HTH and acid, and HTH, HTH. cal hypo. Okay, uh, calcium hypochlorite. Yep. It's a specific brand, but it was extremely popular up in the Northeast. And then throughout the country, like I said, about 30 years ago, its popularity has subsided substantially. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, I posted a picture of 
uh, Calhypo at a ridiculously low price. I think it was something like a dollar a pound. And now with the chlorine pricing the way it is, that's, you know, a super interesting price. That was HTH brand. And one of the things that they do, though, is they peter down the strength of the chlorine. And they do this by adding Epsom salt mm. to the mix. So that way they can get a lower percentage of available chlorine content and then not have to deal with any of the insurance problems that you would have through the normal uh, classifications that mm. the hood that would have. So it makes it, it makes it safe, safer. And it does. I mean, so, but I think still at less than a buck a pound for me, it was still, that's still a good price. I don't care. You know, fifty-eight yeah. percent versus sixty-eight percent for a buck a pound. I can throw two in there and still save money. So, but. yeah, I, I have vague memories of HTH from the nineties, late nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like thirty years ago. Yeah, about thirty yeah. years. So, yeah, yeah. So. Damn, is it that long ago? Thirty years. It's scary, isn't Dude, it? Dude, I'm telling you, the bo- the bottom row of this video wasn't around then. Well, you're on the bottom row of the video as I'm seeing it, so... Are you? You and I are on the top. 1985. I graduated high school in 85. Shane, you're up. Uh, 17 on, I was born. Okay, there you go. So, 77. 67. I'm the old one. That's okay, Grandpa. You had to be. The wise. Yeah, and I am. Times seven. Times five. Times five. Five. Yeah, ages ages uh four months through seventeen years. Okay, yeah. So one's driving and one's crawling. Hmm. And I assume that's not one of their dolls in the background. No, those those are my things. <laughs> right. <laughs> you guys know I have a horror movie. I have a couple of problems. One of them's coffee. The other is horror movies. So yes, yeah. There's a there's a few things behind me in the corner there. So. Yeah, I can anyway, feel guys penetrating as I look at the screen. Aren't you though? How's the what's the chlorine situation over there? Help us out because that's one of the big questions. What's this year going to look like in chlorine? And just like the folks in Orange Theory check Reddit to see what's going on in Australia so they know what's happening in the US the next day, we're going to ask you about chlorine so we know what's coming down the pipe. Is there any? <laughs> uh we have my main chemical supplier has racks and racks of racks of chlorine constantly getting it in. Uh, no hint of any shortage. That's liquid chlorine. Uh, dichlor, trichlor, haven't heard anything about shortages, haven't experienced any shortages yet. Although with the urea problem that's uh, happening around the world, that would not surprise me if that happens. A lot of folks here aren't really aware of that yet. I think you guys are a little bit closer to it. Because uh, no, I just heard your episode where you discussed it. And well, yeah, I discussed it, but <laughs> it's mostly a European problem at this point. I mean, as far as us being able to get it, it's a whole different scenario, but it's, we're not using it yet. It's still winter here. There's still snow on the ground places. There is 500 inches of snow in the mountains where I live. There you go. Kelly's got 500 inches of snow. Let me see what that is in proper measurements. Yeah, I know Kelly could have gave us feet or meters, but no, we went with inches. I don't know how twelve point seven meters. Mad. 
12.7 meters and it's 3.28 feet per meter. So like 36 feet, 36 feet. Is that right? Based off of that, right? 500 inches. I don't know. I'll have to do the math as well. Uh So, but anyway, that's a good sign. That's definitely a good sign. So we, we look to you right now to see what's going on with what we can expect coming up in the upcoming season. And for those of you, for those of you that are listening in Australia, that's right. Kelly and Callie has 42 feet of snow in the mountains nearby and i have none i'm in florida we're on opposite sides of the country so we're probably about as far apart as you two are it'll be similar it'll be close yeah i would think so so three hours three hours in the time zone six hours on a flight about that uh give or take yeah yeah okay well there you go and kelly's got so uh there have been a couple of acid shortages lately uh nothing major uh, but uh, there was one uh, uh, local supplier uh, okay. we often go into, and they they had problems with certain uh, acids, twenty eight percent hydrochloric. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit of a, a glitch in the sulfuric supply occasionally as well. Okay, the answer that sulfuric. Well, sulfuric's often sold here as no fume acid. Right, so, and here as well. Yeah, when you've got, but do you use it? Yes, on the acid injection systems. Okay. Because often they're inside a shed. We don't want the fumes gathering in there and corroding out the shed itself. Uh, there have been problems with multi-port valves where they're mm-hmm. held together with nuts and bolts. If those nuts right. and bolts corrode, they lose their tensile strength, mm-hmm. the system powers up, sudden increase in pressure, it can, um, can blow the top off and, of course, shrapnel goes flying. And do you test for sulfates as well in the water or no? Sulfates? No. Mm-hmm. Not normal. Okay. I'm just curious. It's a big salt market there. I know that most of the U.S. manufacturers for salt cells recommend keeping sulfate levels extremely low. Actually, mostly they recommend to shy away. Uh, okay. There is a number somewhere where there's a maximum level that's acceptable. Unfortunately, they're not really up on sharing that information. I can tell you that at sulfate levels above 300 parts per million, then you run a risk of stone damage if you have uh, those types of features around your decking and then certain types of decking as well. Now, that doesn't mean you're there. That means it takes a really, really long time to build up to those levels. But that's one thing that we we should check if we're using sulfuric acid and we have salt cells or stone deck work. Might not be a bad test kit to pick up as well. And I wish I could tell you what the magic number was. Maybe you can find out from one of the manufacturers on your side of the world mm. and let me know because that would be awesome. Yeah, make a note. I'll um, speak to them on Tuesday, Monday as a public holiday here. Thankfully. If that's because it's my birthday. Oh, we'll sing you a song. We'll bake you a cake. And, won't get and, and I'm we'll glad they at least, I am glad at least they celebrated it in Australia. Not like here. Regular work day for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I don't even know what tomorrow's public holiday, um, what it's all about. Really? I should know. I really should. What, it, what's it called? We don't know the name either. No, I've got to look that up. Hello, it's on the schedule. It's public holiday. Woohoo, no bookings. Today we're talking Australian holidays on the (laughs) Talking Pools podcast. 
Talking Pools Down Under. What is it? That Labor Day. Days down Under. Labor Day. Okay. So Western Australian specifically. Roughly six months away from our Labor Day, which is September 4th, I think, the first week of September. So interesting. Okay. So it's just basically the end of summer. Is that what we're looking at? Um, summer for us will quite often go through Easter's Easter kind of marks the end of the end of summer. Okay. Um, we have four okay. days off and collapse in a heap. <laughs> now I've been, I've, I edit your podcast, but I also follow along and I've noticed that lately the trend was at least on the Australian part of your show was major concerns over beer. We're fine. A lot of concern about beer over the last couple of weeks, and and some about wine also. Wine country in New Zealand. Yeah, we're worried about that. New Zealand beer because they've got carbon dioxide shortages. Okay, which does of course relate to pools. It does. We don't use carbon dioxide system. I don't have any on any of my residential pools, um, and I do like beer, so I like to discuss both. But things. do you like New Zealand beer? I don't mind a Steinlager. Okay. Steinlager's very drinkable. Don't know don't know any of the New Zealand craft beers. just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 